0: Stagnation, isn't that what we all fear? Not changing, not developing, not growing. Isn't growth the key? Moving from self-focused to others-focused, from indifference to compassion, from consumer to contributor, always growing. Living well in this human experience is directly connected to growth. I'm Joey Bland, and from Circle O Productions, this is Seasons. Today, I'm outside of Ripley, Tennessee, in the small community of Glimp. Glimp, located in the rolling hills of West Tennessee lies about halfway between Ripley to the east and the Mississippi River to the west. I'm here today with a friend who grew up on this very ground. Deborah Lockhart is my guest, and after a long career in education, Deborah was drawn back to claim the family farm and continuing to be a grower. Deborah, we want to hear about your journey that has brought you back to your family's farm. But first, would you mind backing up and telling us about your background here on this land and and where your love for this land came from?
1: Well, Joy, first of all, I want to appreciate you for giving me this opportunity to talk about the land and where I grew up here in Glimp, coming back farming. And I've always known that I wanted to be a farmer when I was five years old. Really? I said... God, I want to be a farmer. And that was after we left the farm when I was five in yeah. a 1962 Biscayne. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the car was the color of black, and I looked up to the sky. And I and that was my lifelong dream of mm. wanting to be a farmer. I never wanted to be really anything else. Wow. And so the joy of coming down Highway 51 when I was little, we, we always came here for, during the summertime. Yeah. And every Labor Day, we would make that drive, Highway 51, and once we hit the Highway 87 off 51, right, coming down that winding road on 87, and the second fork in the road was Glimp. Yeah. That's Asbury Glimp Road. And then we hit that gravel road. We knew, I knew personally that we were here oh. to, to get started, to... Slop the hogs, (laughs) feed the pigs, which is the same thing, and do a little work with the cows. And once we came up that gravel road, it seemed at the time, because I was small and five years old, it seemed like we were on on an incline roller coaster coming up that gravel road. And to the left, I would always look because that's where the, the pigs were, the cows and the pond was, and the, what I love most and what my dream is today is to get that strawberry feel back. Oh, wow. And we, I knew that I was there and I would just hop out that car and my granddad would be there. And that's who I enjoy spending all the time with during the summertime. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. I
0: tell you, the way you describe that is beautiful. Uh, just the, I can hear in my mind that sound of the gravel yeah. when you exited the, pavement and you got on that gravel oh yeah so for you this land is is multi-generational like you you get out of the car and there's your granddad so was he living out here were your grandparents out here full-time were they working were they farming
1: uh they were uh educators my granddad was okay and he was definitely far he was a farmer and the tomato uh tomato farmer and it's going on out here in Ripley because of that great Ripley tomato. That's right. And we still have the tomato festival here in July and another lifelong dream came true. 2019 I was the tomato farmer of the year. Were you really? Yes. And uh, my uncle that lived here he said, "I am so proud." He said, "This is the first time an African American was tomato farmer of the year he says i'm satisfied now wow and he was so proud wow and so and and it was you know in the passion that i have out here when i when i come out here to farm really i grow the same things that we grew when we were out here okay because he would share with me now we grew sweet potatoes here this is the perfect ground for that yes And my other uncle that I purchased the land from on that slope on the other side, he says, oh, you can't do too much with this. Just use it for collateral. (laughs) (laughs) But I did find a use for it. And it's in an erosion program right now. And I use it for, like, for wildlife.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And use it for cover crop. Yeah. So I'm making good use from it. And I am getting some good from it. And I feel like I'm making him proud. And my mom and dad... On their part, which is where we're sitting now, that's the part that I uh, got from him. And that was for greens, and we had potatoes, tomatoes, and everything. And they just, and squash, and they shared with me what each section where they grew. And I listened to those stories. And one of the favorite stories that I have is with the sweet potato. And I will not grow too many large sweet potatoes because the story behind that that I love is that. They would, on an old stove, the small sweet potatoes in their hands, they would put them in their pocket yeah. for hand warmers. Oh, and wow. if they got hungry in the field, they pull those out and ate them. How about that? Yes. Wow,
0: what a great story. Well, to back up a little bit, because you grew up out here, you have all these fantastic memories with uh, generations of your family. But you went into education,
1: Correct, yes. And so,
0: having been five years old and saying, I want to be a farmer, uh, what kind of took you the route of education, and how did you get
1: going in that direction? It's funny, because I wasn't going to give up my dream of being a farmer. I still dabbled in it when I was five at, at home. I lived in the city of Memphis, and I always still planted something. And so... Even when it was time for me to go to college, I had this great discussion with my parents. I'm not going to school. I'm going to be a farmer. Yeah. And so my my parents said, well, no, you need to go to school. Great. And so I did. I selected the quickest route to get out. (laughs) (laughs) And my sister helped me. She was a a corporate in this. Yes. And she said, just become a teacher. She says, you love children, you love teaching, you need you, you love telling us about the soil and all this stuff up here. Yeah. And so, and I went into the field of education. Mm. And Joey, I finished in three years. Wow. And I'm ready now to be a farmer. But then I thought about it, I didn't take any agricultural classes. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and that's how I became an educator and I grew a love for it. And so, and I still dabble in farming, going to the farmer's market and just growing things, you know, in at, at home. Right. And so, and that led to me longer becoming into the administration and finally becoming a principal. And I retired as a principal in 2014. Mm. And so, but now I went back Yeah. because they asked me to come back and help. And now I I still continue to work part-time as a pre-K state federal monitor for the Millington Municipal School District. Gotcha. And I still farm. Okay. (laughs) I still drive this road. I look at the connection. I'm in Millington, and it only takes me 30, 40 minutes to get up here. Right. And so I keep my calendar of when I need to come up here. I leave work, and I come straight to the field. Yeah. Keep my truck loaded with the garden tools, and I just... Look at where I'm supposed to be in my little book, and I come weeded, I come seed, I come ride the tractors, and that's how I keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. Well, you know, I, I, knowing you, I can tell what a fantastic educator you were. Because, well, thank you. or, or I want to say you are, because mm-hmm. you're still teaching. I come yes. out here and visit you, and I learn things. Uh, that you're learning, that you're experiencing. And I think you're one of these people that you just, you want to continue learning. Correct. And yeah, part of that is that you continue teaching. And yes. kind of by nature, I think you're a grower, because that's really kind of what teaching is, right? Mm-hmm. You're growing right. the minds of students. You're growing right. their yes. experience. And yet, you've always had this passion for land as well. Right. And coming out and getting your hands into the soil. And so, well, that, that's amazing. And so so the whole time that you're going through this career, teaching into administration, being a principal, you've still got this dream, though. Oh, yes. Of, I want to, I want to have a farm. And so you kind of reclaimed some of your family farm, correct? That's
1: correct, yes. And
0: so when did that
1: process begin? Well, that uh, for my dad's part, that the first ten acres came when he was, oh, I think it was about eighty, eighty-eight, okay. and he says we need to make some decisions, and he called my brother and sister in and said, you know, do we, do you want to divide this up evenly, or, or how do you want to do it? Yeah, and they said, well, oh, I don't want it, Deborah, you love the farm, and they said just, just give it to her. You know, and so, wow. and so, and my dad, you know he left it to me, yeah, but that was before he passed we didn't we didn't wait until until he passed, and I purchased the part from my uncle, and I purchased this, and he's still alive, and one uncle is deceased, okay, and so we didn't wait on like an inheritance, gotcha, and my brother didn't either, because our goal was to show them that we're going to continue the locket legacy, oh, that's great, and we're gonna keep it going, yeah. Yes, and so That's and I funny. have my son, in now he comes home. He lives in Clarksville, Tennessee, works at the Capitol building, and he comes home now once a month to learn the operation. Okay. And he actually goes to my farm meetings with me. Wow. Yes. Wow.
0: So you start, I think, uh, from our conversations, you have two siblings. One sibling is not really interested in... The farm and everything. No, she's my motivator. On. Okay, <laughs> there you go. But then your brother is, yes. and so you and your brother, in ways, have kind of partnered, right, to to make this happen. Uh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, how long have you actually been kind of building back your family farm, uh, assembling the acreage? kind of getting everything together, how long has
1: that been going on? Seven years consistently now, okay. yes. Okay. I'm still classified as a beginning farmer. Yeah. Yes, within okay. that 10-year period. Okay. And I let them know that I'm not stopping. I need to continue to grow. Yeah. And just getting into different programs. And now that I'm getting a little older, I'm like, I probably need to slow down a little bit. But I hadn't <laughs> reached that point yet. Yeah. And so, and I just tried to, you know, just keep progressing, and I have two mentees that are under me and telling them the importance, importance of owning your own land, uh-huh. of owning land. Yeah. And so one of them actually they said, "Miss Lockhart said, "My grandmother left me 40 acres, and I said, "Left you? Is she still alive?" And she said, "Yes, I said, "Go get it. Go get it now." <laughs> yeah. And she did. And it is amazing what she's doing now mm. and her family is helping her wow. and she's 25 oh wow and then at my urban farm I have two mentees that are wanting to become herbalist and growing herbs to cook with and so I have their schedule already set and as soon as it stops raining they come out they're going to come over and get started mm. and and I have the children still involved and their right. orchard looks good. Mm. They're on their own now. I've stepped away from them. It's time yeah. for them to, it's time for you to go. Yeah. Go.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. You emphasized with these with these younger people that you're bringing along, you're passing along this knowledge and this wisdom yes. that you've developed. But you really emphasized the importance of owning land. Yes. Why is that, if you were to summarize that, like, why do you think that's so important?
1: Well, growing up it was very important because you would always have you would always have somewhere to get food. Mm-hmm. You look at your nutrition and you're feeding your body. You know what's going into your body because you actually grow it. You produce it. And you would always have something to fall back on. Learn how to become sustainable and manage and you'll never be out of you shouldn't long for anything. And if we had a, we were taught, if we have a quarter, we're rich. What are you going to do with that quarter? How are you going to invest that quarter to when you finally retire? What is that quarter going to be worth mm-hmm. and well, And that that's what we were taught. Yeah. And my son today jokes with me. He says, "Mommy, you're the only somebody I know going to the bank with, with, with ten with ten cents and you'll come back with a dollar, <laughs> and you didn't rob the bank." <laughs> I said, "Learn." I said because I'm not an ag- an aggressive, uh, an aggressive investor right now. I'm now conservative. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. So
0: you're on the land, from from that perspective. You're on the land. You're producing food. You're yes. actively have a business going. Yes. But at the same time, you've really reassembled uh, what really creates family wealth for people.
1: Yes. By owning mm-hmm. the land. Right, and said, how, how can you make this land productive? It's okay to be a hobby farmer, but how are you going to sustain this land to actually build back into you and help you build financially, how to become sustainable and how to lead, you know, lead a life?
0: For Deborah Lockhart, growing a seed or a child has always been at the center of her passion. Being a lifelong grower should be our passion as well. At Seasons Podcast, our purpose is to educate people about land investment with the goal of seeing a hundred people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. For more information, Go to our website, delta-farmland.com. Thank you for joining us today.